Hey, family. Oh, man. We family. We do it better than that. Hey, family. Hey, there we go. I like it. I like it. Well, I am so grateful to be here with you today, Valley Point Church. It is a privilege and an honor for me to uh, stand before you to proclaim the word of God. And so uh, I, I just want to do a quick commercial. Uh, I, we are so, so grateful for the partnership that we have with you guys here at Valley Point. We are a, a small church down in Wilmington, Delaware, uh, who is seeking to help everybody have an epiphany that allows the grace of God to appear to them. And through the partnership uh, that we have here with Valley Point Church, we have been making inroads into the city to help each and every person come to love the word and live woven and lead lifestyles of worship and leverage their work. So we're so thankful for each and every one of you, uh, especially those of you who participated in the Christmas initiative here uh, that helped us to uh, do some amazing things in our city and to impact some lives for the gospel. And so we're really thankful for each and every one of you. So give yourselves a hand for that. So that's wonderful. And so uh, I am a, um, I'm a black preacher, in case you were wondering. <laughs> That's me. And um, uh, it, it, is, it is part of my culture to give honor to the pastor of the church who invited me. And so, Pastor Eric, I want to honor you today for your remarkable leadership and for your commitment to the gospel, and to expanding the kingdom of God. So, Pastor Eric, I thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, and we want to give honor. Give honor to your pastor. That's right. I know you guys, we're, we're new age and stuff like that, and we call our pastor by his first name and all that cool stuff, but uh, <laughs> the church I came up in, we, we showed honor, and we, 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 we called him pastor and all that good stuff. So, um, that's just a commercial, so don't mind me. Listen, also, too... Um, Again, I'm a black preacher, so I need you to talk back to me today. Okay, okay thank you. Is that all right? I mean, so oh, let me help you. So if you hear something that you like, you can say amen. Let's try it. Amen. We can do a little better. Amen. All right. If you hear something that rubs you the wrong way, because um, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He rubs you the wrong way sometimes. Uh, if you hear something you don't like, you can say, ouch. Let's try that. Say, okay, so I expect to hear some ouches and some amens <laughs> during the sermon. So uh, I'm going to jump in. I'm here for a particular purpose, and that is to bring the word of God for you guys today. You have been in a series called Better Together, and that sounds really cool, and I know that you guys mean that because it's plastered all over the building, like better everywhere. From the road, you could see better together. Like I, I was telling Pastor Eric, like, wow, man, you guys really do it up here. And then I look at his face and he has on a better together mask. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, the branding is remarkable here. Like this is, you guys are on it. And so uh, you, you're in this series called Better Together. And I want to help you guys to understand, I've been tasked to help you guys understand that you are better together through worship. And so I, I want to preach a message to you today called Lifestyles of Worship. 
And so I want to be in Acts chapter 2 today, verses 46 and 47. I've just got two verses for you. Somebody say, praise the Lord. (laughs) So two verses for you today. That means I won't be before you long. And um, I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible, and they'll have it for you up here on the screen. I want to pray, and then I'll read those verses, and then we'll jump in. Father, I pray by your Spirit that you would lead us and guide us today. Father, I pray by your spirit, God, that you would communicate your heart to your people through your servant, this broken vessel here. And so, Father, I pray, God, that you would stand in my body and think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My Lord, my strength and my redeemer in who I place all of my trust in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm like super conscious about my beard um, because, you know, they're like, oh, girl, your beard looks really great. I'm like, until we started wearing masks. And then, like, I'm always, like, checking my beard to make sure it's not, like, poofy on one side and, like, not on the other. So pray for me, please. (laughs) I'll be up here the whole time thinking about my beard. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you, whoever said it looked great. I appreciate it. Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says, Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God, verse 47, and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. I'll read it again to give you an opportunity to get excited about some salvations that happened in the early church. It says that every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Amen. 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 So, as, we, as, we, as I hear that passage, as I, as I look at that passage, I always get excited there because God adding to the number and saving people is the part of his plan that I love the most, right? God wants to use us, a community of people. He wants to use us, those who are called to be better together and use each and every one of us to help people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's what this is all about. That's what this series that you guys have been in since the month of February is all about. It's about the recognition that together, together as God brings together a collective group of people, as God brings together a diverse group of people, he calls them together in order that people who are far off from God might come to know Jesus Christ through the life-giving communities that exist all throughout the earth. And so this call here to be better together, it, it, it helps to paint a picture in our mind as we look at this passage in Acts chapter 2. We see the devotion of the early church to be better together. We see their commitment to be better together. We see the devotion that they take in order 
to make sure that their togetherness attracts people from places and spaces that we might not be able to reach individually. And so I want to help us today to see God's call for us to be better together through lifestyles of worship. Verse 46 is telling us that every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. It was a regular practice for the early church to gather together. It was a regular, intentional, continual practice for them to gather together with one another. And that's why it's so important for us to gather together as a body of believers because here's what happens. In our, in our gathering together, in our togetherness, what we do is we communicate to those who are lost and far off that God is doing something unique and collective here with the gathering of the body of believers. Here's why. Because there are people who are gathered together with different ideals and different viewpoints and different perspectives and different cultural backgrounds and different distinctions, and they're all coming together under the, underneath the banner of one thing, and that is Jesus Christ. And so your gathering together is important. Your gathering together means something. It's not just something that you do. It's something that you are called to in order to express and display the glory of God. That's my two-cent commercial to help people come to church regularly. Okay, you ready? (laughs) I'm doing you a favor here. (laughs) Listen to this. It says that they were were meeting together in the temple. This, This word here, together, it has a sense that they were of one mind. Now, that sounds like magical unicorn stuff, right, that they had one mind. Because in our culture, (laughs) in our day and age, everybody has their own viewpoint about everything. There's no unity of mind on anything, even about what we believe about Jesus sometimes. There's no one unified mind about anything. But this passage is letting us know is that they were of one mind when they were gathered together. More than that, it tells us that they were on one accord and had one passion in mind. And so I want to help today. Here's what I want to help. I want to help. I say that all the time. If you came to my church and heard me preach, I say I want to help because that's what I want to do. But the the thing I want to help you understand today is this, is that the unity or or the, the, the union that they were called to was related to the passion that was within each and every one of them. Here's the passion. The passion is the commitment to Jesus Christ, the Lord. See, if, if, if you're passionate about anything else other than Jesus, you'll never find togetherness. If you're gathering together with a passion around other stuff besides Jesus, you'll never find true togetherness. And the call here in this passage is for us to find togetherness through the one shared passion of Jesus Christ and making his name most famous throughout the whole entire world. That's what we're called to do, family of God. We are called to make the name of Jesus famous throughout the whole earth. And so we see in this passage is that these early believers, this first church, remember that these people, this passage happens at the end of Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. 
On the day of Pentecost, they were, they were in the upper room and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. They were waiting on the promise of God that a comforter would be given to them. They were waiting on this promise. And on this day of Pentecost, it says that the Holy Spirit fell on them and they began to speak in other tongues. And so the people who were surrounding this event, they're, they're, remember, this is the day of Pentecost. And so there were people from all around the Roman Empire who came to Jerusalem to celebrate this feast. It was their obligation to celebrate this feast, this Pentecost, this, the, 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 this, this festival of weeks. They were supposed to come and celebrate, and there were so many people there, and they were starting to hear these people who were in this upper room proclaim the works of God in their own language. And so there was something powerful happening on this day, there was something powerful taking place. They were hearing the works of God be proclaimed. And some people, when they heard that, they said, man, that's awesome. And they wanted to inquire more about it. But there were some other people who heard it and said, these people must be drunk. See, that's true of your relationship with Jesus today. Some people will hear about your relationship with him and they will think, man, isn't that amazing? They'll hear about your relationship with Jesus and they'll say, wow, what is this going on here that I hear the wonders of God being proclaimed? But then there are other people who will hear about your relationship with Jesus and they'll think that you've been drinking. Ouch. <laughs> See, and they're like, man, it's not 12 o'clock. These people drinking already. What's going on? Somebody say it's 12 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> But they were hearing this, and they were responding to this, and they were thinking, these people must be drunk. And then Peter, the, the, the one who, who had trouble at times proclaiming Jesus, Peter, the one who had difficulty not denying Jesus and turning away from him, Peter stands up on this day, and he begins to proclaim that what you are hearing is what has been prophesied by the prophet Joel, and it is being fulfilled in your ears today. And so Peter is letting them know, listen, that what's happening here is of God. The thing that you're hearing, the declarations you're hearing, they are of God. And guess what happened? As a result of his preaching, as a result of Peter's sermon on that day, the scripture tells us that 3,000 people came to know Jesus as the risen Savior and began to follow him. Isn't that good? And so the result of that is this passage. Those people who had come together and who, who had come to know Jesus, they were now devoting themselves to being together. They now devoted themselves to meeting together regularly and being of one mind. This idea here, this, this, this idea of togetherness is, is a unique Greek word which occurs only about 10 or 12 times in the New Testament uh, but it helps us to understand the uniqueness of Christian community. This, this word is a, is a compound of two words, which means to rush along in unison. So the image is, is, is almost musical. It, it's like a number of notes being sounded, which while all the notes are different, 
They harmonize in pitch and tune. And just like the instruments that were being played up here today, they were playing different notes and singing different notes and all the different stuff. But under the direction of the choir master or the concert master, it made a beautiful sound. And listen to me, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He blends together our lives. He blends together the lives of the members of the church and brings them together into one beautiful melodic sound called the church. So God brings us together, and he makes us, the the diversity within the church, he brings us together and makes a beautiful sound that makes a declaration of his name. And so I want you to see this, and I'm getting to the good stuff here, (laughs) that better together is an invitation to experience the complete and full joy of the Lord. We receive the benefits of being pointed to the joy of the Lord in every circumstance, excuse me, through our common unity with one another. And so here's what happens. This togetherness calls us to verse 47 to lead lifestyles of worship. Here's where I'm pitching my tent. I'm going to spend a little time here. He says in verse 47, he says that they were together. And it says they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Every day, the Lord added to the number of those who were being saved. This idea here, that they were praising God, this word means to extol or to to honor. And so they were honoring God here in this passage. But I want you to get a better understanding of this because this, this word here for praising is a word that means to recommend. And so through their praise of God, listen to this, they were making a recommendation for God to those who didn't know him. It's like Facebook. You know, people go on Facebook and they go, uh, can someone recommend a plumber to me? Because my toilet's acting up, (laughs) right? They probably could just learn how to use a plunger and be fine, but... Like, they want a recommendation. Since someone recommend a babysitter or something like that, people go and make recommendations. And then you see the barrage of people jumping onto the post and making all these recommendations for all the myriad of plumbers and electricians and all their cousins and aunties and them who fix toilets and stuff like that. Everybody, they make all these recommendations, and then now their post is filled up with all these recommendations. When you praise... You make a recommendation for God to those who are far off from him. You're not convinced. That's why it's so important for us when you gather together for you to praise God. Here's what happens at church, right? You get to church and and Pastor Eric said, make sure you invite your friends. Make sure you invite your unbelieving friends who don't know Jesus and all that kind of stuff like that. And you do that and then they come here and then you stand there and they're convinced of what? It's our job to make a recommendation for Jesus through our praise of God. See, when we gather together, it's so vital, it's so important, is that when you lift your hands in worship, you're making a recommendation for God. When you lift your voice in worship and sing praises to God, you are communicating to people that there is something that has happened in your life that is so remarkable that you can't keep it to yourself and you have to tell everybody about it. Here's why. 
When you've got a favorite restaurant, you tell people all about it. Have you been to Ruth Chris? Like, this is amazing. I don't know what restaurants you have around here, but like, have you been to so-and-so? You tell people about it. When you've got a favorite song, like you tell people about your favorite movie, you don't cease to make the recommendation to people for them to watch your favorite movie. The reason for that is because it's something that you love. It's something that's important to you. And so because it's important to you, you recommend it to other people. And if Jesus isn't important to you, he should be the most important thing in your life. And therefore, you should make recommendations for Jesus each and every day with your life. Because here's what I want you to understand. We are called to a lifestyle of worship. This lifestyle of worship was something that they did every single day. It said that every day they were together. Every day they were in the temple and house to house, and they were praising God every day. It was a lifestyle for them. And so I want to encourage you today. I want to help. I want to help you to make your lifestyle be a lifestyle of worship. You guys are really quiet. Anybody want to have a lifestyle of worship? where you give everything that you have to Jesus on every, uh, every single day on a daily basis, you want your life to be a lifestyle of worship that makes a recommendation for Jesus. And so here's the reality. I need you to understand this. The reason why it's important is because you make recommendations for Jesus whether you know you're doing it or not. So you make recommendations for Jesus every single day, whether you know it or not, with your life and your lips. See, the things that you do recommend Jesus to people or it makes a non-recommendation for Jesus. See, we think it's neutral. Like, we think it's, uh, it's no big deal. Like, you know, yeah, I went off on her because she was getting on my nerves. Like, she was in the way. Like, yeah, you know, I, I may have said some choice words to them because they shortchanged me at the cash register, but, you know, it's all right. I was just upset. It's okay that I talked to my kids the way that I did, you know, just because, you know, I was a little frustrated and I had a rough day and there was a lot going on and all those different things. But the reality is this, is that every day you're making a recommendation for Jesus for people who don't yet know him. And so, listen, it is our responsibility, family. It's our, it's our calling to lead lifestyles of worship. And here's what I want you to know, that a church that is better together recommends God to others through their lifestyle of worship. See, worship is something that you have, not merely something that you do. Worship is something that you have and not just something that you do. See, I'll, I'll say it better because that was good. and Y'all missed it. See, sometimes we think what, that what we do, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go worship today. It's just something that I do. I'm, it's Sunday and it's 10 o'clock and it's time for me at the selected time that I've chosen because my church offers me multiple opportunities for me to do that. And so I can choose when I come to worship God. It's something that I do. But the reality is, is that worship must be something that you have. 
it can't just be something that you do. Because if it's not something that you have, you won't truly worship. See, when, when you have worship, it, it's the recognition of something on the inside of you that is just responding to what God has done in your life. And I want to help us with a few quick ideas about what worship is, and, and I'll walk through these really quickly, and then I'll be out of your way. But I want you to see this. The first one is this, is that worship involves belief. If we're going to truly worship, then we must reorient our belief. If we're going to truly worship, then we must have our lives be centered around Jesus and not around ourselves. Here's the challenge. Our lives are centered around us, so much so that we don't even realize it. We're so saturated with ourselves. We're so self-centered that we don't even realize it. It's not until something comes up that gets in the way of what we want to do in opposition of what God is calling us to do, that we recognize that there's a disconnect between what our ideas about worship are and our lives. It's not until that happens. It's not until the Super Bowl is scheduled during a worship service that you realize, ah, my favorite team is playing right now and I might... I don't know. I'm going to have to make a decision. <laughs> we do that. Got to make decisions about stuff. But the reality is this, is that worship involves belief. Worship centers our universe around Jesus. And if Jesus is not the center of your universe, you can never be a true worshiper. If Jesus is not the center of your universe, then you will never be a true worshiper. So that's why I love being a guest preacher at churches. I can say stuff and get away with it. Y'all be mad at me, and I'm just go back to Wilmington and be chilling because none of you know my email address, and none of you have my phone number. <laughs> Send uh, emails to Eric Kohler at Valley Point Church. <laughs> But we got to get this, is that God is calling us to reorient our ideas from us being the center of the universe to Jesus being the center of the universe. The, here's what I need you to see. Worship, and th that only happens when your worship involves experience. See, we live our lives as if we have not encountered the risen Savior. We live our lives as if Jesus has not made us alive in him. We live our lives like before we knew Jesus, we were doing all right. We live our lives is as before Jesus, like we were chilling, everything was good, we were Gucci, like everything was fine. I'm sorry, Gucci, that just means that we were doing good. It's just, <laughs> I'm trying to remember where I am, I'm sorry. <laughs> but listen, like what we, we, we gotta understand is this, is that before Jesus, you were a mess. 
I was good, but y'all were a mess. <laughs> and, and I need you to understand that, right? Really, like I, I, I'm saying it jokingly, but I really need you to understand this. Is that before Jesus, Scripture tells us that you were dead and your trespasses and sins. Not like a bad person, right? You were dead. And Christ made you alive. If that isn't something to celebrate, I don't know what is. If Jesus transforming you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, if Jesus making you from raising you from the dead into spiritual life in him, if that's not something to worship, if that's not something to celebrate, then I don't know what is. If you can celebrate anything, you must be able to celebrate the risen Savior in your life through ups and downs, through circumstances, through challenges and difficulties and all of that stuff. If Jesus has brought you to new life, you can, re- you can worship him in spirit and in truth because he has made you alive. Amen. Here's the reality is this. Is because of that experience. See, when I was coming up, here's, 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 I, I came up and we went to Sunday school in church. Anybody know what Sunday school is? Okay, yes, amen. The last service, they weren't really sure. <laughs> I knew the service was going to be good. Um, but in Sunday school, I would, the, the children would come up after Sunday school, after we were taught, and then we would have to come up to the front, and we would have to tell everybody what we learned. It was a really, like, traumatic experience for me. Like, I was, like, seven, and I'm standing in front of all these people, and the teacher's asking me questions, and I'm like, hey, I don't know, juice. I don't know, <laughs> crackers. I'm not sure. <laughs> I just want a snack. That was it. Like, that's all I was worried about. But we, we, they would ask us, the question, one of the questions they asked every single week was this, what is the gospel? And we would all stand there like this and with our hands folded. We would go, the gospel is the birth, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right? <laughs> this is so weird. And I could say that frontwards and backwards. And I could recite that as often as they asked me to. And they would ask me to a lot. Sometimes the deacons will walk past you, <laughs> what's the gospel? <laughs> and you'd be like, it is the birth, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Here's a quarter. <laughs> I'm like, that should be worth a dollar. Like, <laughs> can I get a dollar for that? But, but as much as I knew that here, I didn't know that here. See, I hadn't experienced Jesus yet. Although although I had some intellectual understanding about what the gospel meant, although I had some some intellectual assent about what that that actually uh, uh, entailed, I did not understand or experience the gospel yet in my heart. And it wasn't until I experienced the gospel that I began to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. See, worship involves experience. If you haven't experienced Jesus, you won't be able to worship him. 
And I'll go as far as to say this, is that some of you don't truly worship Jesus because you haven't fully experienced him yet. Most of you, others of you, don't worship Jesus is because you're not experiencing him on a regular, consistent basis like you should be. See, you don't spend time with your Bible open praying. You don't spend time with the word open asking God to speak to you. You don't spend time like that. And therefore, you don't worship. And here's the reality I want us to get is this is that that's why it's important for your worship to be outward as well because remember that when you worship, you make a recommendation for God. See, the people around you ought to be able to recognize that there's something going on that you've experienced that has changed you and transformed you. This hand motion means transformed. In case you're wondering why I'm doing this. But this, this experience that we're called to is this, and, and recognizing is this, is that if Jesus has done anything in your life, if Jesus has made you alive, then you ought to worship him. But the reason that we don't is because we're not experiencing him on a regular basis. See, I'm, when, when I first came to know Jesus, I needed Jesus and a whole lot of stuff. Like, Jesus, help me make my car payment this week. Jesus, help them not repossess my car. Because <laughs> I was young and stupid and didn't do well with my money. Not realizing that if I had just paid my bill that they wouldn't repossess my car. I needed Jesus to supernaturally come in and stop them <laughs> from repossessing my car. But now that I'm older and I've been with Jesus a little longer, all I need is Jesus. See, some of the best moments in my life are when I can just sit down quietly, away from my children, <laughs> with my Bible, and some worship songs, and just sit with Jesus. Now, I love my kids. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, man, he's trashing his kids. I love my kids. They're wonderful. In fact, like, they, they are amazing. And so... Um, my youngest daughter, she's, she's eight. So I have an eight-year-old daughter, a 13-year-old daughter, and a 19-year-old son. And so my, my eight-year-old daughter, she's fantastic. She, she's going to be a star. Like, I know she is. She's like, she, she, makes, she made applesauce the other day. Like, she wants to be like a YouTube sensation or whatever. And, and so she got on there, and she's like, Daddy, pull the camera out. Like, we got to go right now. And I'm like, all right, fine, let's do it. And She's like, hey, guys, like, look, I made applesauce with my dad. And she's doing all this, like, theatrical stuff. And so, like, she, she's amazing. I love her. And, in fact, she's kind of disrespectful to me sometimes. Um, <laughs> she's, she, I'm telling you, she's going to be amazing. She's going to be a star. She's gonna be, she, she loves fashion, all that kind of stuff, so much so that I can't leave the house uh, without her checking what I have on. And... Um, Last night, she's like, Daddy, don't, don't leave without me because don't, don't leave without giving me a hug because I need a hug. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. She's like, and I need to make sure that what you're wearing. I'm like, I can dress myself, little girl. <laughs> but as sweet as my children are, as sweet as, and wonderful as they are, and, I, and I, guess what? I prayed for them. I, I said, Jesus, give me some children. I'm a, I'm a children, and he blessed me with them. But now, 
I just need Jesus. And, and, and the more you grow in your experience with Jesus, the more you grow in your knowledge of him, the greater your worship becomes. Again, when I was in church, like, I used to hear the mothers of the church. <laughs> and they, they, they were like 40. <laughs> I used to think they were really old when I was a kid. I'm like, man, they, these old ladies. And they called them mother so-and-so. But they were just like 40. And I'm 40. And I'm like... <laughs> They weren't old. <laughs> they were just older than me. Sorry. But they used to say stuff like this. The, more, the longer you've been with Jesus, the sweeter he becomes. The longer you've lived with Jesus, the better you know him. And I didn't understand that stuff then, but I understand it now. And I want to encourage us today is that understanding the risen Savior in your life, having an experience with Jesus on a regular basis, builds a better together community that makes recommendations for Jesus every single day. That's what we're called to. Jesus has called us to be better together. He, he, he's called us from every side and every place and brought us together to be this mystical community of people who have different ideas and different, and different understandings of things and different cultures and different socioeconomic backgrounds and all these different things. He's called us together to display the beauty of the Savior. That's what we get to do, family. And so I got a few more ideas. These are really quick. They're not as long as the first couple ones. Here's the next one. Worship involves action. In view of God's mercy, our belief and our experience must lead us to action. What God has done for us is compelling. And it should be compelling enough to call us to do something about it. See, we think that God just saved us from something. But the reality is, is that, yes, he saved you from something. He saved you from your sin. He saved you from eternal damnation. He saved you from all of those things, saved you from hell, all that kind of stuff. But he also saved you to something. And the something he saved you to is to make a proclamation of his name and worship him together. Here's the next one, is that worship is not passive. It says that they were together every week. They were together every day, excuse me. And they were participating in what God had done in their lives. Worship is about your participation. You must be an active participant in worship. You have to be. If you're going to be better together, you have to be active in your participation with worship. Next one is this, is that worship is the act of surrendering ourselves to God to be used by him as he sees fit. I tell my church all the time, you can't do what you want to do when you're in Jesus. You have to do what he's called you to do. The simplest thing that he's called each of us to do is to be ambassadors for Christ. It's that simple. You may be like, oh, you got to figure out my calling. Like, no, be an ambassador. It's simple. Be an ambassador for Jesus. And then lastly is this. Worship is responding to all that God has done in us 
and through us. And one of the best ways that we respond is by enjoying who God is and what God has done in and for us. The passage concludes like this. It says, verse 47, it says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This idea here for enjoying, it means to take hold of or to take possession of. It means to be closely joined to a thing. When you become a worshiper is is when you have embraced fully everything that Jesus offers to you. You'll never become a worshiper until you have taken full possession of everything that Jesus has for you. And here's the good news. If you didn't hear anything that I said, hear this. Is that Jesus offers you everything that he has as a free gift. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You don't have to do anything to obtain it. All you have to do is accept the free gift of God, which is salvation. That's the greatest gift you can have. And when we worship, we respond to the salvation that Jesus has given to each and every one of us. Won't you respond today by worshiping God and making it a lifestyle for you? It can't just be about gathering on Sunday morning. It can't just be about when your favorite Christian song comes on the radio as you're driving because you accidentally put on the Christian channel. It has to be because your life has been transformed by the Savior. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray by your spirit, God, that you would direct our hearts and correct our hearts. God, help us to see you more clearly. And God, I pray that we would respond with worship in response to you. And when we do that, we forge a community of believers who are all convinced of the same thing. Their togetherness is marked by their common passion and that they love the Savior who came and died for their sins. And as a result of that, they make a recommendation to everyone that they come in contact with. And when believers from Glen Mills to Wilmington and abroad do that, we are ultimately better together. Father, help us. Strengthen us. Encourage us today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.